0: second on my list gold (laughs) hammer it feels good to be top two (laughs) hey you're playing for the title, man. You got a shot at a ring. Amber Wilson is off tonight. Aaron Goldhammer's in. on am Ian Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80. We are presented in part by Progressive Insurance. Aaron, thanks for being here, man, especially on short notice. And Sure. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that we were, I mean, I was never asked to fill out a list, but you would be, yeah, I was going through my head listening to that. and I'm going, what would he be? Huh?
1: Ah, I'll go too. You're in. uh, You're playing for a title. There you go. Look, look, man, if I'm in, like, the front page of the power rankings, what I didn't want is to be the guy that was like you reached out to eighth and were like, all right, well, who's just going to help us fill the three hours of Amber and Ian tonight on ESPN (laughs) Radio and the ESPN app? I don't want to be that guy because at that point I'll say, nope, I'm going to just – take my kids to bed and have dinner with my family. But to be top two in your mind, and yeah. it's a real, it's one of the five greatest honors of my, it's not top
0: two, <laughs> but it's one of the five top greatest five. honors I'll of take my career. i top five. Yeah, I'm in. Go. Yeah, there, there we go. I'm, 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 I'm absolutely thrilled. Well, hey, appreciate you being here and and let's get into it, man. Uh, one, by the way, Andrew Hawkins joining us bottom half of the hour from an NFL wide receiver. will let you know how an old man off the couch might be able to lead an NFL team to the playoffs. Albert Breer, live from the NFL owners' meetings in Dallas, Texas. I didn't know Breer was going to be in my the town that I live in. We're going to annihilate him when he joins us coming up in the second hour of the program. And then Jeff Passan on the details involving Shohei Otani, Jeff Passan, MLB insider, all scheduled guests coming up tonight right here on ESPN Radio. Now, let's go big picture. You and I were talking in, our, in, in pre-show yeah. in our meeting in – we were, we, yeah, we actually had to do math. Now, folks, math—it's—it's it's like that old SNL skit with Chevy Chase when he's playing you know, Gerald Ford. It's, it's to my knowledge that there there would be no math. Um, <laughs> math scares me, but even I could do this one. And this is this is amazing when you really think about it. Aaron and I were going through the big like week week fifteen NFL standings right now. How many teams truly have a legit shot? to make the playoffs. This was amazing. 22 of My 32 God. teams coming into week 15 have a legit <laughs> shot, not mathematically alive, a legit <laughs> chance to make the playoffs. Aaron, couple that with the college football playoff that we just saw, where coming into championship weekend, yeah. there was a record number of teams that had a legit chance to make the playoff in seven teams. I mean – We have been spoiled this year in college and pro football. But if you can, because I've been trying to rack my brain around it and I can't figure it out, how in the hell do we have 22 teams, 11 in each conference, still legitimately alive to make the postseason? I mean, I think there have been
1: so many injuries and there's so much parity. And this is what makes the NFL the most popular league. So there are only 10 of the 32 teams with four weeks to go in the midst of December that have a chance to make the playoffs. And I was actually looking at it, Ian. I think that of those 22, there are probably 10 or so that could come up with a case. Now, not everybody's got Patrick Mahomes, but there are probably double-digit teams that could come up with a case. I don't know about go to the Super Bowl that could make some noise in January and win a couple of games. I think there are that many teams. And I think a lot of it does come back to, how many quarterbacks have gone down and out for the year? That's opened the door for a number of teams to slide in. You don't need a guy that's throwing for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns in order to be in the mix. And then also I think the other piece of it is the prevalence of defense this year. And there are a bunch of teams that play really good, solid defense, and that has helped you win you know, a number of games and get you at least to six, if not seven, wins at this point in the year.
0: Hey, man, Gardner Minshew has got the Colts at the seven seed right now. And I love me some Minshew Mania, man. I mean, I covered him when he was at Washington State. I'll never forget uh, the first time I saw him in person. Uh, at Washington State's playing at USC and the late, great Mike Leach, one of our favorite people to ever walk the planet. I see this guy jog by us, and he's doing these funky arm exercises. He's got a Fu Manchu go- uh, goatee or yep. mustache, you know, yep. headband, spandex, no shirt on. And I'm going, so, hey, Coach, tell me about your your quarterback. And, you know, he's got his cup of coffee there. And he goes, oh, Ian, there he goes right there. I'm like, that was Gardner Minshew? (laughs) 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 I mean, (laughs) he's a free spirit. I mean, and he is. But even when, when you've got a backup quarterback leading and has your team in week 15 coming into as a seven seed right now, yeah. To your point, I mean, it's absolutely remarkable. Like, all right, hey, AR goes down, Minshew steps right in. And that goes to an old story that Bill Polian once told us. The NFL Hall of Fame GM4, obviously the Colts, Bills, Carolina Panthers. He said one of his biggest regrets when he was the GM of the Colts, when Peyton Manning had neck surgery, yeah. was not putting enough point of emphasis on the backup quarterback. And yep. because Bill Polian acknowledged that, you now see general managers across the league yes. putting more of a point of emphasis and spending more money on yep. the backup quarterback. And that's why I believe you really do have 22 of 32 teams still alive for a postseason berth. Uh, I would also
1: say, you know, 5, 6, and 7 in the AFC right now, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. 8, 9, 10, and 11 is Houston, <laughs> Denver, Cincy, <laughs> Buffalo. I'm sorry, Ian. Houston-Denver-Cincy-Buffalo looks like a tougher gauntlet to me than Cleveland-Pittsburgh-Indianapolis. So trying to figure out which of these teams are going to make it and which team is it, the Browns obviously have a little bit of a leg up because they have eight wins. All those other teams are 7-6, and and I can make a case that Houston-Denver-Cincy-Buffalo looks more impressive than the teams that are actually above the playoff line right now as we sit here on December 12th.
0: And if and we're if we're here next week, where you've made uh, you know obviously the list, then guess what? This could be completely differently. Like you you could see a massive shift in just one week right now with how close all of these teams are. I mean, heck, you you just referenced the AFC. Go to the NFC as we look at the the big picture in the NFL right now, coming into Week 15. Twenty two of thirty two teams still alive, uh, legitimately alive. For a postseason berth here on ESPN radio with Aaron Goldhammer on me and Fitzsimmons. And I mean you look right now at seven, the Green Bay Packers, tough loss last night to Tommy Cutlitz. Hey, right in, in the New York Giants. What a remarkable game. But then you've got the Rams, and how big was that block in the back on that punt return yeah. with the Baltimore Ravens? The Rams are at eight, Seahawks at nine, at Falcons and Saints at ten and eleven. The reason they're legitimately alive, they're yeah. at six and seven. They play in the worst division in football. Yeah. They're so, tied, for the, tied
1: for the lead in their division with the team that's the four seed right now. One of those teams is going to host a playoff game
0: here. Which drives me nuts.
1: Yeah, me too. That's, uh, but the, we, the, we, we, the league is never changing it, Ian, and no, this comes up every single year. But yep. the idea that – and it's probably going to be Dallas when you just look at the schedules. The idea that they're going to have to go on the road to play at New Orleans or Tampa or Atlanta because they won their division – is bizarre but I think some of these teams in the NFC are also dangerous like I think the Rams with Matthew Stafford and with that Puka Nakua who is uh, in the conversation if Stroud is out for a while for rookie of the year I think they're a dangerous team in the NFC I think Green Bay has proven that they could beat anybody on any given Sunday so It'll be really interesting to see the way all of this shakes out. But I—I I, don't you think there are 10 teams that could win the Super Bowl? I mean, it's not just 22 that could make the playoffs. I think it's 10 could win the Super Bowl in my eyes.
0: I, I think there's three out of the NFC and, man, the AFC. I'd go probably, well, three deep. I, I'd cut it in half. I'd probably go six. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I think the, I think the Niners, Cowboys, and I'm not hiking my leg right now on the Eagles. Uh, I, I think – the Cow- I think the Niners are cut above, and then there's a second tier, and that's you know teams like Dallas and, and Philadelphia, and then there's another drop-off. And you don't opinion. think
1: Detroit can win the Super Bowl?
0: No, not the way they're playing right now, and that's why Dan Campbell was talking about today. They've got to find a way to get their first-round pick, Jameis Williams, the ball more. They yeah. haven't, you know, yeah, so I mean,
1: th- th- they've hit a little bit of a skid here the last three weeks, but they're nine and four for a reason. And I just it's still early enough that I think they've got time to turn it around. Can they win a playoff game? Yes.
0: Win yeah. Super Bowl. I don't think they're there yet. OK, OK. And then
1: I think Jack, you don't think Jacksonville can win the Super Bowl? Mm. Eh. Mm.
0: I don't think they can run with Baltimore and Miami. I do. Really? I think their quarterback's really good. And they, oh, they I were love just, I love him. he's just banged up again.
1: Uh, right, but I, he always plays and plays well despite the fact that he's banged up. I know their coach could and I think because Mahomes is out, do you trust
0: Lamar Jackson to play great in the playoffs? This guy's won one playoff game in his career. Ian. No, I get it. you know and that's what, that's the point of the conversation that it, you're going even deeper on teams that you think can, that can end up as the final two. Yes. Now I'm going to cut your list probably in half because I think that's a whole nother conversation, but it is still, it goes to show you how deep this particular year is when it comes to, you know, quality of football that's being played backup quarterbacks, rising to a whole nother level. To your point, defense has been a point of emphasis and right now we're being spoiled week 15. And, and you're a lot of team, a lot of fan bases from coast to coast, border to border, are enjoying the moment coming into the fat man coming down the chimney because their team is still alive. He's Aaron Goldhammer on me and Fitzsimmons. All right, coming up next, one of those teams, the Kansas City Chiefs. Their quarterback Patrick Mahomes, will tell you why he has some big-time regrets when you return on ESPN radio
2: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Offside
1: by the offense. Who was it on? Kadarius. Oh my goodness! It absolutely was a penalty. The frustration that we saw from Pat Mahomes—that was all geared toward his coaching staff and the guys in the locker room, specifically Kadarius Tony, because there's no way that you should let the team down
3: in that situation. And yes, it could have very easily been a non-call, but it was an infraction there, and so I think the referee was, you know, well within his means to make that call.
0: Our producer, James Steele, should probably take this particular tune that our associate producer, Rachel, has bumped back with. with Aaron Goldham, Rummy, and Fitzsimmons. Amber Wilson has the night off here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, series, XM Channel 80. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron, after that game on Sunday, where he went ballistic on the sidelines, going after the down judge, you know, go, even with Josh Allen, who's, who he's very close with. Remember him. He played in, in that, you know, Four man tournament in Vegas, you know, with uh, with you know Tom Brady and right. I, I mean, right. You know, the golf plane, tournament. Yeah, yep. his playing partner was Josh Allen. I mean, they are very, very. They're very good friends. What he told him after the game. I mean, I, I, I'm sitting there going. This is not the Patrick Mahomes that I know. This is not the, me, not personally. I covered him a little I, I, bit in, ne- in college. I've
1: never seen him, and you'd know better than me because you were around him a little bit in college. I've never seen him like no. that. And I've watched, you know, probably, I don't know what, 75% of his games. I mean, a bunch of them have been on national TV. He's been the quarterback in Kansas City for six years. I have, never. and I, I think, Ian, that this was an example of, and we've all done this in our lives. But I think Patrick Mahomes has taken out his frustration that belongs on the receiving core on his own team. I think he's taking all of that out on the officiating crew that made the proper call in the proper moment.
0: I think it was a culmination not just of what you're talking about as his wide receivers lead the NFL in dropped passes. They're also one in three since the bye week. They have scored a grand total of three points in the fourth quarter this year. Yep. Three.
1: My, is that status for real? I yep. have not, I didn't know that.
0: Three. My so My goodness. They, they are, in the first three quarters of a game, they are one of the best offensive teams in the league. In the fourth quarter, they are 25th in points per game. I think 28th in uh, yards per game, per game in the fourth quarter. I mean, it, it is, it, it drops off. Like, if you have a ditch in your front yard, their offensive production is the Grand Canyon in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah. I mean, it, it is staggering. So he he acted like a fifteen year old who got dumped by his cheerleader girlfriend. You know, a, a, during the end of the game, and then with Josh Allen, and at the podium afterward. And again, I, this was so out of character for Mahomes. I would expect that from his brother, but not from Patrick. Right. And so <laughs> today uh, he was on six ten on. Uh, uh, Oh, so this is not on the on six ten uh, radio, right, uh, Rachel? This is at the at the at the podium. Okay, Patrick Mahomes addressed his actions, and he's got some big time regret. Here's a quarterback of the Chiefs.
3: And obviously, you don't want to react that way. I just, I mean, I care, man. I love it. I love, I love this game. I love my teammates, and I, I want to go out there and put everything on the line to win. Um, but uh, obviously, can't can't do that. I mean, can't be that way towards officials or really anybody in in life. Um, so. Uh, probably regret acting like that, um, but more than anything, I mean, I, was re- I regretted the way I, I acted towards uh, Josh after the game, because he had no- nothing to do with it, and um, so I, I was uh, I- I was still hot and emotional, um, but you can't do that, man. It's not a great example uh, and, uh, for-, for kids watching the game, so uh, that I that- that was more upset about that than I was on- about me on the sideline.
0: Love that he came back and said, you know what, that's on me, and that was on 610 AM in Kansas City. and. And Goldie, I, I think that after he had a time to decompress and, and that range of emotions where, you know, Valdez Scantling, dropping passes, you know, Kadarius Tony has just been well, awful. He's Tony. I mean, the, I mean what, what more can you say? Awful. And being one in three since the bye and the lack of, of production, which is an understatement in the fourth quarter, I think that all came to a head emotionally. You had this electric play, which was going to go down in history. Yeah. On the on the day where we lost a great person in Frank Wycheck, oh, and a tight end also who was a key cog in the Music City Miracle, yeah. and you go into another Hall of Fame tight end, right, and Travis Kelsey, who makes this remarkable play to a loafing Kadarius Tony, who happened to just, you know. Just be kind of like, oh, I I set a pick, and now we're good. Oh, oh, he's throwing me the football. (laughs) I mean, all of that came came to a head, and I think after he had 24 hours to kind of go, oh my gosh, I look like an absolute jerk. And and you know what? He walked it back.
1: It's okay, Ian. We don't expect these guys to always be perfect. And the reality is, Mahomes, you know, now I mean, playoff losses, yes, injuries in the yes. But he has not faced a lot of adversity throughout the course of his career with his team not playing well. You know, his team has played great basically since he took over. Ian, he's never played a road playoff game in his life. So he's going to have that, I think, to come probably a little bit later on this year. And so I think he's, he's got to learn that in that situation, look, take a deep breath. It might be better off to say nothing at all at the press conference than it is to go out and just light up the officials because I don't think you're doing yourself any favors. The other lesson here is that in this day and age, when you're on an NFL football field, Ian... There is a camera and a microphone Amen. everywhere. So when you think you're having a private moment with your friend, who's the quarterback on the other side, you better hold that conversation back, especially when Taylor Swift is up in the suites and you're the premier game on CBS in the 425 Eastern window. You've got to assume if you are on that field, there is a camera and a microphone on you, and that is going to go viral in two seconds.
0: I didn't come back to Taylor Swift.
1: Always, but but the, the point is that that is so there are more eyeballs on You're that game in that stadium than me. anywhere yeah. else in the world, <laughs> like,
0: right? <but> so to, <laughs> you gotta know, you gotta know better. But by the to your point though, whenever I'm, I'm I mean this is how how accurate you are. Whenever I'm working a game and I'm on the sidelines, whether it's college football or NFL. Yep, And I'm in radio. I mean, yep. you know, I, every now and then TV will pull my fat bloated blood over, you know, and, and because, you know, nobody else is available and you know, they'll throw me on the tube, right? But <laughs> I mean, even in, in radio, knowing cameras are everywhere, like you may have a nug in your left barrel, but hey, man, you better wait till halftime, right? Before, before you go and, and, and get a piece of tissue and dig that thing out, because if, if you do it right there, somebody's going to see it. And it's gonna be on the old internets and you're going to be embarrassed and your kids won't speak to you for a moment. Or especially something that you're gonna say. So I look,
1: he's human. I respect the fact that he got frustrated. It was the right by the way, it was I think we can all agree on this, the right call.
0: Oh hell yes. As
1: as much as we all want that play to be on every single highlight ever in Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes Hall of Fame videos and all that was one thousand percent the right call to make. And and for for Mahomes to lose his mind like that, and for Andy Reid, I think for both of them it was very uncharacteristic and I think speaks to me more to the state of the Chiefs than it does to the state of officiating in the NFL.
0: Okay, on that note, what kind of a run can you think, do you believe the Chiefs can get on? Watching their in, in an inefficient offense, especially as we referenced in the fourth quarter.
1: You know what's funny? I have more faith in their defense than I do their offense. Okay because I think their defense really is pretty good. They only gave up 20 points in this game to Josh Allen and company. I think that they are a contender, but I would not make them a favorite right now. Would would it shock me if they went to the Super Bowl? They've got Mahomes. No, but I would not list them as one of the top four favorites in the league to make it to the Super Bowl or to win it.
0: Defense is, is playing great ball. But they have got to find a way. That, that receiving core has got to find a way, whether you're going old school, stick them, or whatever you got to do. It's the worst receiving core the, in the league. Catch the stinking football, man. Yeah. Yep. But I'm glad Patrick Mahomes walked it back and said, you know what, I've got regrets. He's Aaron Goldhammer. me and Ian Simmons, Former NFL wide receiver Andrew Hawkins answers the following question. How can an old man off the couch lead an NFL team to the playoffs when you return on ESPN Radio?
2: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing?
1: But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
0: The quarterback auditioning to be on Inside the NFL. Then he went back to the couch. Then the Cleveland Browns called and said, Hey, how's the arm feeling, big fella? Pretty good. Feeling good, coach. Got my fastball. And Joe Flacco comes in, 48th quarterback of the Cleveland Browns this year, and he leads them to a big time win and over 300 yards passing. We're there in Goldham on me and Fitzsimmons here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Go, let's bring in a guy that you know well. You covered him there in Cleveland. Uh, he is one of our favorites. He joins us every Tuesday at this time. He's former NFL wide receiver and a proud alum of the Cleveland Browns. Andrew Hawkins uh, returns you to Amber and Ian on ESPN. Radio Amber Wilson has the night off. Hawk, uh, explain to us, like we're three-year-olds, how a dude can come off the couch after auditioning for Inside the NFL here on at ESPN and go for over three hundo in an NFL game and lead the Browns to a, a big-time win and have them in playoff contention.
3: It's like riding a bike, man. Honestly, it's about, like, the NFL is all about potential, um, right, wrong, or indifferent. And it's always about, like, well, what is your ceiling going to be? And, unfortunately, when players play in the league a long time, you get bored with with what their ability is. I don't think Joe Flacco has shown anything we haven't seen from Joe Flacco. I think the surprise is that he can come off the couch after being away from football for so long and look so competent In a season where the Browns have had trouble um, finding quarterbacks that can consistently look competent. But this is who Joe Flacco is. He's just in a situation where what that is is exactly what the doctor ordered for the Cleveland Browns.
1: Hawk, Justin Herbert's out for the year. Is this the end of the Brandon Staley era in Los Angeles?
3: I would think so. I would think so. I just don't think that they've. They've shown the trajectory that they're looking for as an organization. You know, I think they've stuck in there, there with them for, for for a long time. But when you have a, a, a talent like Justin Herbert, when you think of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL, you're going to mention Justin Herbert. But that is not because of success that they've had as a team. And obviously the Chargers as an organization have had many years of that, generations of that even. And I think they're looking at Justin Herbert and saying, well, we have to maximize this window that we have with him. We've invested – Heavily into him being the leader of this team and, and this quarterback of the future, we got to make sure we got a quarterback or a, co- a coach who can bring the best out of him, especially looking around the league at some of the other young head coaches and the success that they've had with players. That I'm sure the LA Chargers deemed to be less talented than Justin Herbert.
0: You know, the Chargers were a team, Hawk, that I thought were going to be not just in playoff contention, but in the postseason. Obviously, they aren't. But this and this is amazing. Twenty-two of thirty-two teams coming into Week 15 are legitimately alive for a postseason berth. How is that possible?
3: Yeah, I think the game is just changing. I, I think this has been the evolution of the league, and it's, it's created it's created more parity. Um, this year, offensive football is down. That's just the reality, um, which is why you have these conversations about us not really having a clear cut, cut leader for MVP and I think what that has created is a lot of competition. You look across divisions all around the NFL and to your point, there's so many teams that are still in the hunt more than we've ever seen. I think that's a good thing, but I think it's also just a a product of the way that the game has evolved. Hawk, when you
1: if you lined up off sides during an NFL game,
3: <laughs>
0: what what would
1: an official tell you? What can you tell us about this situation from Kansas City on Sunday that might be interesting that uh, the average fan might not recognize about it?
3: That's a good question. I, I have lined up offside technically before. Um, I've never been called for an offside penalty. Uh, I, it is a part of your your process since you are a young receiver to, quote, unquote, check in with the ref. And I know there was video that came out that showed, like, what Kadarius Tony's version of checking in was. And they were like, well, that's not really checking in. And as a receiver that played in the NFL for a number of years, that is what a check-in looks like. Uh, His issue was he probably didn't wait for any feedback if the referee even offered it. Um, Definitely offside, that's the reality. Like, he was past the ball. But I think, in my opinion, it's a lot less egregious than I think people are making it out to be because I think that's another one of the nuances of football that, you know, people just – don't have a lot of insight to it. Maybe I've never seen it at this level before. Like, that is a routine part of the game. And when you are lining up, you are trying to streamline what that quote-unquote check-in process is looking like because it's not truly a check-in. It's not like a, hey, am I good? Like, it is, but it's more of, like, almost a respect thing of, like, hey, I'm lining up and I'm pointing to you and letting you know that I'm on the line of scrimmage. And typically when you do that, you won't get called uh, by the referee of that acknowledgement that I'm trying to adhere to how you're seeing the line of scrimmage. So it is bizarre to see it called, but at the same token, it, 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 it broke the rules as they're stated, and it's hard to argue beyond that point.
0: My biggest problem with it, Hawk, was – and Dan Arlovsky did a phenomenal breakdown of this – every time Tony was on the field, he he went back and watched every single snap, and he was offsides on every single snap and didn't check in on basically every single snap. Uh, And and Andy Reid said the same thing, like, yeah, he didn't check in. But take us on to the field, because I I was talking to not one but two different uh, coaches that are currently in the NFL right now earlier today, or texting with them, I should say, and they both said independent of one another – Man, the refs, they, they'll, they'll help you. Even, on, even as a gunner on punt team, like, hey, eighteen, team back up a little bit. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll sit there and tell you, hey, get it back. But you didn't see that in this game. So if you can, take us onto the field. What is that conversation like with either the down judge or line judge when it comes to lining up as a wideout or a gunner it's, or it's, even on field goal blocker and whatnot? It's
3: exactly what you said. I, I don't think it's as in-depth as people are make, trying to make it out to be. And even Andy Reid saying he didn't check in. The video I saw, he did check in. And it's not a quote-unquote check-in. It's not like a, an extra O-line coming onto the field and, and checking in as a tight end or a pass-eligible player. It's a check with him. It's literally a look and a point. I'm on. I'm off. And typically I'll do that with a hand gesture to point either down at the line of scrimmage or put my fist back or you point at the ref to let him know, hey, I'm on. And that is typically enough, right? And to your point about even getting feedback from a referee when you do – line up on the line of scrimmage or off the ball. Um, in a two-minute drill situation where you're, you know, you're, you're rushing, you're trying to get to the line of scrimmage, you're trying to move fast, you're trying to be efficient, I can see where Kadarius Toney sped up that process because this is the most important part of the game. But at that stage, there also is a detail to your game as a professional that you need to have. And he is now seeing the other side of what happens when you don't have that detail oriented process even in moments where you're hurrying but not rushing and that's what i would tell a Kadarius tony hurry but don't rush be poised in the noise i know it's a sense of urgency i know you're trying to make a play i know things are rushing and we need to hurry up because we're running out of time and time out but we still have to have our detailed process if
1: you were Kadarius tony hawk how mad would you be about this
3: um, I mean, I wouldn't, I, don't, I, I wouldn't be mad at the referee. I think that is um, everybody else's job to do. I would be mad at myself. And I, I would imagine even just looking at Kadarius Toney's facial expressions and his demeanor on the sideline, he didn't take the position that Patrick Mahomes did because he let his team down. And, you know, that's the reality. you got to be your, your, your biggest critic. But on the outside looking in, I can see it both ways. You were lined up past the football. That's an offside. If he doesn't make that call, I don't think anybody today is going back and looking at that film and saying, I can't believe they missed this offside, Kennedy. I, I just, I don't believe that's the case. Hey,
0: 30 seconds. How would that have been if that were, if you were Tony and you're in the locker room after the game? I would have been showering so fast. No, you know what? Done? I would have actually addressed the team. That's on me. I'm a moron, you know, Code red make my butt. Whatever you need to do, it's my bad.
3: What would you have yeah, done? Yeah, I mean, you definitely feel that. I would say just – I mean, that's in general as a professional, man. You know, you never want to be the reason or feel like the reason that you lost. You know, that play would have won the game absolutely, but there's probably another 10 plays also within that game that other players will point to um, that also contributed to, to the loss in the same way. Hawk, we appreciate it. Talk to you
0: next week, man. Sound good guy. Thank All you. Right. Andrew Hawkins here with us. ESPN NFL analyst, former NFL wide receiver with the Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati Bengals uh, here with us on ESPN radio. They're in Goldhammer on me and Fitzsimmons. And that's one part we haven't talked about, man, because if you're if you're Tony after that game, I mean my my initial reaction is I may not even shower. I'm getting the hell out of Dodge so fast because I am beyond humiliated and embarrassed, and I let my squad down. But the man in me would have been. I'm addressing the team. I'm it's it's on me. Put it all on me, even though we as as Hawk said, there's there's ten, fifteen other plays that really go into deciding a close game in the in, in whether it's college or pro football.
1: Yeah, that that's right. And actually if I was Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid, rather than wasting my energy yelling about officials at the press conference podium, I, I would probably, if I was the right leader, go and try to support my guy, number one or number two this isn't the first game that Kadarius Tony has done something stupid this year that's cost the Chiefs, Ian. So, at, at that point, I might say, hey, no one wants to hear from Kadarius Tony anymore. And I may be a little surprised... Ian, that we haven't heard more about the possibility of him getting cut.
4: Do you want me to list the things that he's done? I if mean, you actually... got
1: him, James, you're there. You're a resident Chiefs I mean, j- fan. You can go right James, ahead, coach. James, producer, Off the top of his head, he's got it. But 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 also before James <laughs> goes through this list, you don't win the Super Bowl last year without Kadarius Tony having a couple of monster plays in the game. So
4: yeah, it's 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 uh it's really weird because I was really pumped about him whenever they traded for him, as they needed a guy with speed who can kind of do a couple of the things that Tyreek could do. That was kind of what they were missing and they went out and got him. He had that huge punt return in the Super Bowl. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl on the um I, I can't remember what Andy Reid called it, the cheeseburger play or whatever it was. Um but yeah, but then this year has been just an absolute abject nightmare. Um, yeah. it yep. started week 1. The, the Chiefs lost to to the Lions 21 to 20 and the Lions had a pick six that was if you – there's a picture online where it was in his hands. Like it was – the ball was perfectly in Canarius Tony's hands and it somehow ended up a pick six and the Chiefs lost by one. And that's like the – there's a lot of those plays from um, a lot of the – wide receivers, really. There was a. It's the
0: worst wide receiver room right now going well, into national football. They, and they I, lost to the, played... the
4: Broncos by a score, and Sky Moore had a drop in the end zone. Yep. They lost uh, to the Eagles by a, a, a score, and MVS had that drop. that just It was just perfectly right put in into his, his arms. I mean, that that's an just,
1: inexcusable one. To, to me, though, you know, I think this. If he played for the Patriots in his prime, Kadarius Toney, I think Belichick would have cut his butt six weeks ago. And I think he's lucky that he's with a team that's won two Super Bowls in the last four years and is a little bit nicer and also has a big knee you know, wide what, receiver. You know because what? Because, I, I don't know, if you're Mahomes, do you still trust Kadarius? I don't know how possibly you could.
0: Here's a, to, to your point about, you know, two Super Bowl wins in four years and maybe they're a little more t- l- tolerant. Jimmy Johnson wouldn't have been. You talk to like Troy Aikman, Nate Newton, Emmitt Smith, Michael Irvin, those dynasty Cowboys, Jimmy Johnson on Monday, not Tuesday, when most teams will bring in players that they are working out and looking to cut somebody, they'll bring the players in to work out on Tuesday, which is the off day for people who don't know in the National Football League. Players have Tuesdays off. Jimmy Johnson would bring him in on Monday in front of the rest of the team and go a wide receiver or a defensive tackle or an offensive lineman and have them on a the side field working out in front of the rest of the team, putting yeah. everybody else on blast. I don't care we got two rings here. Guess what? If we want a third one, your ass better get in line or you're gone.
1: And I kind of agree I with love that, that attitude. I love it. I, I, and beyond that, Ian, I think that what all the yelling about the officiating and the clip of Mahomes with Josh Allen, I think what it did is it totally changed the narrative away from Kadarius Tony has made so many mistakes. Is he gonna call to blaming the officials when really I think the actual blame for what's gone on in Kansas City, a lot of it lies in the receiver room and I think if they let him play another game with the Chiefs, I think it's a mistake.
0: He's Aaron Goldhammer, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. Coming up. Why is an attorney general investigating the college football playoff? Well, we have the answer, and we'll let you know what it is when you return here on ESPN Radio.
2: Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
5: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast.
4: It was
0: inevitable there would be disappointment somewhere, and it comes for Florida State. If
2: Jordan Travis was still there, FSU would be in. I'm telling you, you have to look at the four best teams right now. I'd even argue that Georgia got screwed more than FSU. I'm sorry. I feel
3: badly saying that, but it's a reality. This is a travesty to the sport because we go out there on the field and we play the game. And regardless of whether it looks good at the quarterback position, regardless of whether we win with offense, whether we win with defense, the name of the game is to win.
0: I said this was going to happen moments after the college football playoff committee revealed their final four teams. Some politician is going to jump in and try and garner some votes by using the college football playoff rankings. And lo and behold, it has happened. With Aaron Goldhammer, I'm Ian Fitzsimmons. You're on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and we appreciate you spending part of your evening or afternoon on the West Coast with us. Now, Aaron, Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody announced today that she is launching an investigation into the college football playoff selection committee over the decision to leave Florida State out of the Final Four. Moody said the state's antitrust division is sending a civil investigative demand to the committee for, quote, more information about the nature of possible contracts, conspiracies, and restraint of trade or monopolization of trade and commerce relating to anti-competitive effects of the college football playoff. Quote, I'm a lifelong Gator, but I'm also the Florida Attorney General, and I know injustice when I see it, end quote. Get, Get the hell out of here.
1: Allow me to shout out, Ian. <laughs> I mean, come on. The person who will likely be running against Ashley Moody in the next election. <laughs> Her name is Aramis Ayala. And I would like to announce, even though I think this is highly inappropriate, that I am supporting as a non-Florida resident, her run for a Florida <laughs> attorney general, because that's totally, do you think for there's votes. real outrage? That's do you it. Think that, that there's no way she has thought for one no. second. Do you think she knows who Mike Norvell is? No. no. chance. Do you think if Charlie Ward walked into her living room that she could, I, no way in, would she know Bobby Bowden? If he walked up to her in the grocery store, no chance. She's just trying to suck up. What's funny is I don't think it works. Will one person vote for this person? Because they because stood by Florida State in their moment of pain.
0: Well, to me, Aaron, she's also just kind of jumping on with what uh Florida Governor Ron DeSantis did last week when he was he requested to set aside one million dollars for Florida State to sue the committee oh, if it god. so chose. Oh my I god. I mean I mean what what come on. Anytime politicians jump into Sports in this kind of way, in this shape or form, it's for one thing and one thing only trying to garner votes and get their name in the headlines. And I'm as guilty as anyone right now because we just mentioned them. But I also want to shame them because, uh, AG Moody, you don't give a damn about Florida State. DeSantis, you don't give a damn about Florida State. All you want to do is get your name out there. But I want to be very clear. To any any good voting citizen in the state of Florida, this is the reason they're doing it. They're trying to get your vote. They don't care one bit about the college football playoff. But this also goes to show you how insane the college football playoff season was. And we talked about it last week. And we will continue to talk about it until the college football semis hit right here on ESPN Radio. I'll be at the Sugar Bowl with my crew of Mark Kestischer and Kelly Stoffer. And the rest of the crew, the other crew, will be at the Rose Bowl with Herb Street, Fowler, and Holly Rowe for 1v4. We'll have 2v3, Texas and Washington in the Big Easy. This will continue to be talked about. Because, look, Georgia's got a complaint. They dropped from 1 to 6, and they lost by 3. Yes. I mean, FSU's got a complaint, but they lost their starting quarterback in Jordan Travis. But, again, I promise you, this is not going away until – and maybe even, let me get your thoughts on this. Even after a champion is crowned, will it this won't. still be talked about? Well, I, I wonder if Florida State's going to beat
1: Georgia. Let, let's say one team wins that bowl game by, you know, I don't know, 30. Is there a chance That'd one of the That'd be Georgia, polls... by the way. That'd be okay, Georgia. so let's say Georgia beats Florida State by 30. Would the AP or the coaches pull dare try to put Georgia number one after the and say this is a split national championship because a poll named of one thing, but the playoff crystal ball goes another way. The the other thing I'd love to do here, Ian, is to challenge our producer, James Steele, tonight to see if A.G. Moody would like to join us as a guest on ESPN (laughs) Radio. Now, here's what (laughs) I'd like to do. I do not want to ask her one question about about her position on the— I want to ask her Florida State trivia questions to see whether she passed muster as a legitimate (laughs) seminal football fan.
0: Well, she said she's a diehard Gator, right? Right,
1: right. But she's sticking up for Florida State as if she gives a crap or knows one thing about Jameis Winston's run to the college football playoff championship X number of years ago. And I bet you if you showed her a picture of Jameis Winston, she wouldn't know who the heck that was.
0: coming up next NFL owners meetings are going on in Dallas and the tush push is on the agenda Albert Breer explains why right here on ESPN radio